You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose and live that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Okay, I think we can go forward here. So, essentially, what I believe we began to learn on Sunday, or what God wanted to do for us, is to ignite our desire to see Him, to know Him, to get more intimate, you know, if we're ready, or to begin the relationship. And we tried to deal with what the misconception had been, you know, and the way we look at things. So, you see someone who is drinking, he says, Stop drinking. And become a Christian. No, Christians are not those who stop drinking and become. Christians are persons that have a relationship which manifests itself in different, diverse ways, progressively, some instantaneously, and all of that. But the key thing I I believe we're learning is that you, you can't go far in this thing that we are in without knowing Him, without loving Him. I'm referring to the Greeks He mentioned here. The Bible says, the Jews want miraculous signs. The, uh, the Greeks, the Gentiles, are seeking for philosophy, wisdom. But this particular set of Greeks, which is why we read that text, they didn't ask for signs, neither did they ask for wisdom. They just said, let's behold him. And that is the simplicity of our faith. If you see him, you will change. Praise the Lord. How many of us have had you know, encounters that transform you? And that's what the Bible records for us. When we, Okay, see a little child is raising... Her two hands. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, if, if you see him, the Christian is one that has seen him. Okay, so when he says, uh, he that uh, believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth, the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Truly, that is what it is. The only thing is that happens is that we don't interrogate that process. We don't, you know, we, we, we have this tendency to be, you know, swallowed by religion which is what I think also we're dealing with in this time, to get ourselves out of that thing of it was a good thing for everybody. No, uh, the, the, the illustration, as my brother was talking about, that caught me was nobody goes to a restaurant and says it was a good place. It's the food that you have that enters into your body, isn't it? That you leave that restaurant with, that makes it proof that you went to a restaurant. You can go and analyze. Most times when I go out, I don't even know what they wrote in the menu. How many of us are like that? You know, I think they have to get names that are unpronounceable, unreadable, just to make you pay more money. Okay? And then they drop pictures, all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, all that does not matter to you in relation to that restaurant is what you ate. Praise the Lord. Now, for me, and what I want us to learn is that as a Christian, every time I talk or discuss anything spiritual, let it be to me what? What comes into me? The transformation that happens in me. 
when my brother mentioned the MSG, I thought he would have even referred to all the deep things that were taught. And unfortunately, looking, many people, they didn't eat it. They tell about it. They saw it on the menu. Because based on that, we said, okay, prayer meeting now is open for everybody. And we have not seen everybody there. But the way people were vibrating and jumping and twisting, you think that there won't be room. But you see, they went to a restaurant, but they didn't eat. They told the story. Amen. Ah, wow. It was powerful. I can't go to Hilton restaurant and come home and tell my wife it was powerful and then be disturbing her, give me food. She'll say, where did you go? <laughs> Do you understand? If you go to a restaurant that is powerful, means that you come back, you're sweating. Especially if it's pandemic, you know, the sweat is coming from your forehead. And they, they offer you food, you're looking at the food, you can't eat it. That means it was powerful, isn't it? The same way Christianity, if it was powerful, then something would change in you. My desire would change. My weakness would be converted to strength. Praise the Lord. My confusion and my doubts will be dispelled. I'll be strong in the faith. Praise the Lord. That is what it means to be a Christian. There is a transformation. Every time you come to church, don't, don't forget how the pastor demonstrates or how charismatic or whatever he is. Forget about that. What do you go home with? What is your takeaway? Praise the Lord. If it's not that, then it's a show. It's a show. And unfortunately, because your spirit, soul, and body, the body likes shows. Praise the Lord. The body enjoys shows. That's why people pay 50,000, you know, VIP seat to just go and sit down and hear comedy for one hour, two hours. People even pay 500,000. Praise the Lord. So you're not even paying enough. You're not even desirous enough. People do that. And they know that what they left at home before they go for the show, they'll meet it at home, isn't it? They are just ready for that two hours feel good. Now, that behavior is not only in the world. We do it when we come to church without expectation. You come to church, there is sickness in your body. You should, the world will come. We don't have to call up those who are sick and lay hands on them. No. Most 99% of places where Jesus is here, most of them, he didn't touch them. He said he sent his word and what did he do? He healed. Ah, if you, as you're sitting now, you say, Jesus can touch big and small. And then you say, touch me now. Touch me one more time. And then you receive it. Praise the Lord. Why? Because you know that you came to his presence. And he has said, he will not ask the seed of Jacob to do it. To seek him in vain. That is what we are learning. I, I don't want to just come. I come, I'm strengthened. And then you can even take it to another level. Because I appear, it says that they, they that appear before me in Zion shall do it. Shall go from strength to strength. Just by my coming, I know I'm not living here spiritually the same. Praise the Lord. So, so we, we, we have a constant uh, expectation every time we appear. And be beyond coming to church. Every time you kneel down to pray. I, I, I told a story. Unfortunately, I didn't even conclude it. You know, I was telling about the man who couldn't conclude the story. One of the ones I told, I didn't conclude. About the, the, the preacher that had an appointment in St. John's. Okay? And the ship, you know, had to stop. So, so he told the, the captain, you know, that he wants to pray. He knelt down and prayed. And got up. And the captain said, let him pray. He said, don't bother. 
Because I know God has heard me and God won't hear you because you don't believe. Now, the truth is that the, it was the captain that was telling the story. By the time he got up and looked, the fog had cleared. Praise the Lord. And the man met his appointment. Praise God. That is the extent to which we should believe God. Because he said, ask and what will happen? You shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. And, and this will help you not to just pray anyhow. Sometimes even the way people begin to pray, you know that they don't, they're not expecting answer. When someone tells me to pray, I have to gather myself. I don't know if it happens to you. Someone says, pray, 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 pray. I say, wait. You understand? You, 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 you have to because you, you, don't, you, don't, you just don't want to, you know, expire, expire, you know, just send some breath out. Can someone just come and say, transfer money, transfer money, transfer You say, wait now. Isn't it? For what? From where? To where? How? <laughs> You're laughing. Isn't it? That's the same way. That's the same way. So spiritual things, we, we, as, as spiritual people, we must get to where spiritual things are as normal. I, I don't know how to communicate this now. Where spiritual things become the way to you, the way natural things are natural are to natural people. Did that make sense? So the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. The same way you're going for a party, you want to put on perfume and put on all of that, isn't it? As a spiritual person also, there's a fragrance of Christ you should put on. So you're checking yourself. What attitude am I exuding? What, what, what What am I carrying here? What is going on? This person I spoke to, you know, did I give him, you know, a, a spiritual... Um, um, Tom Ford, or did I give him spiritual uh, Torai? You know, Torai, the outside one, that one that when you put it on a fabric, you can wash it for one month, it won't go out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, so, so we, 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 we want to have that encounter. And continuing it because therein is the prophet. The Bible said the things which were spoken to them, okay, were spoken to us, but it did not benefit them. Why? It was not mixed with faith. It's, I think that's what we are talking about here. It's the mixing with faith. It is saying, I have come here. Something will happen. Praise the Lord. It is tuning your radio. Saying, there is signal. I will pick it up. If you don't tune your radio, the signal will be there, but you won't pick it up. The same way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Recently, um, uh, someone asked a question. There, there are some pages, you know, that I like on Facebook, some, you know, astronomy and all of that. And I think someone asked them a question, which I, I was reading. The person was saying, since the sun is in the, um, where is the sun now? Okay, it's in the sky. Let me just use common language. He said, why is it that we don't see brightness behind the sun? You know how there is light? You see from the earth. Then why don't we see behind? Why doesn't the sun light up behind it? Do you get the question? Is it, is it simple? Haven't you wondered? You look at the sun. So, okay, why doesn't the sun light up behind it? Okay, why does it just light up the earth? And, and the answer they gave was simple. That light... Is not seen unless there is an object upon which it will reflect. So if you took a torchlight and flashed it, unless it hits something, 
It will be as if there is no light. Now, God said to me, it's the same way with the power of God. The power of God is flowing unless it meets somebody who has come with faith. Just like the woman, you know, with the issue of blood. Jesus was walking and the crowd was pressing on, on him. Everybody was pressing in on him. Everybody was pressing in on him. The disciples were all pressing in on him. And then Jesus said, somebody touched me. Abba, everybody is touching you. Praise the Lord. But one person what, touched him with faith. Only one person who was, who was in that environment said, if I touch him, I expect this to happen. All the other people say, we just want to touch him for touching sake. And what happened? They touched him for touching sake and nothing happened. But this person that said to herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. What happened? She was made whole. The others did not fall and start shaking. It was to them as though nothing had happened. Why? Because that was their expectation. That was their faith. Praise the Lord. So Jesus said, virtue has gone out of me. So all the other ones that were touching him, nothing was going out of him. May something go out from God to you today in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Praise God. So, so, so what, what we, we, we just want to take this thing and make it so personal. And I, I've, I've been envying and just looking at, we looked at Abraham a few weeks back. We're going to mention him today. You know, I've been looking at some of these Old Testament saints and it's just, it's just a marvel because it captures what we are learning. So on Sunday we say Christianity is an intimate growing relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. So we said it's not attending a place. It is not a set of doctrines. It involves all of that, you know, ultimately. It's not habits to practice. It's not habits or sins to avoid. It's not a ladder you climb, you know, steps that you climb. It's none of that. We said critically, importantly, basically, it's an intimate growing relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, this word we said, this thing we said, intimate. What does intimate mean? Intimate. It's close, right? It's, it's interwined. Okay? It's, it's, it's deep. Praise God. But I, I, I like another thing it means. It means friendly. Praise God. Okay? It, it means, it means um, personal. Which, which, that, that one we've been talking about. It means in-depth. Okay? So it's an in-depth relationship. In which case, if I am a Christian, or rather, sorry, if I have this relationship with Christ, if it's in-depth, it's going to affect everything. Do you know people that their Christianity affects only one area of their life? Do you know any such people? Who are just, you know, when you touch them in another one area, when you say pray, the guy will so vibrate that you think this person is a bishop. Then when he behaves in another environment, you think he's the, he's the, the other one. Do you know such people? Who can just manifest different things? So, 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 you know? Now, if it's intimate, it's going to get to the core. And when it gets to the core, it will touch everything. That's why, you know, recently we've been talking about our, our, our financial faithfulness. If the relationship is intimate, intimate, okay? 
is going to color every area of your life. Praise the Lord. You, you, can't, you can't have an intimate relationship with someone and then there are some outer parts that are not involved in it. No. If it's, if, if it's, um, if it's, um, uh, what's this language now? If it's on the uh, peripheral, okay? It may not, isn't it? But when it's intimate, there is no peripheral it won't touch. Hallelujah. So you, you have persons, thank you Holy Spirit. You have persons, let, let, let me talk about money also. You know, we have been taught, and thank you, Holy Spirit. We have been taught that anyhow, once you sow, give God money. Once you sow seed, you will have harvest, right? Once you give money, you will have harvest. That, that, that is not true. Or rather, that is not very correct. You know why? Because, you see, God rewards obedience. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? God rewards obedience. God does not reward giving money. So when you give money in obedience, God will do what? God will reward you. God rewards obedience. God doesn't reward money. That's why the world, some people in the world, have met people who are not serious with God at all, but they like giving God money. Because they've been made to believe that giving God money is good business, and they're good businessmen. Have you seen such people before? (laughs) I know a person who chaired a campaign, you know, a major fundraising campaign in a, ch- in a church sometime, okay? And was contributing a lot of money, was raising a lot of money for this uh, program in the church, but wouldn't pay someone that fixed his phone, whether it was 3,000 naira. So for such a person, he's disobedient, but he's giving generously. Now, based on what we're teaching and the way it's being presented, if this relationship is not intimate, then it can be possible. But if it's intimate, you cannot refuse to pay someone who earned 3,000. He's 3,000. And then you come and donate 500,000. You're a criminal. I get in it. So God necessarily does not reward the money because to him, your sacrifice is, is nothing to him because he gave it to you. So God rewards obedience. Now, the person who has a relationship with God cannot keep his 500,000 from him after he has paid the 3,000 that he's owing. Is someone getting what I'm saying here? So, so these, these are some of the things that have confused this. So now, when we throw it out in the world there, that God, you know, rewards them, just so anyhow, once you sow, God will reward you. We now get into a place where the unsaved person will start discussing church finances. Because he's not in the relationship. The matter of the pieces of meat I eat from the plate, now my, my wife cooked for me. Can it concern all of you? Is a function of how much money I gave her when she was going to the market, Abby? Is it not women that say good soup now? Uh-huh. So, so, <laughs> Papa John, Papa John, you want snail in your f- food. How much did you give me? The money you gave me was only enough to buy. <laughs> Pomo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, that, that's how the discussion goes. But because of this, you know, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know which word to use. We have just thrown it up and just give, give. God bless, give us. God bless, give us. No, God blesses obedience. 
So there are many people. There are, that, that's why you, you find now, you know, even in, in our time now, you find many thieves giving to God. Well, God, God cannot, but the devil is also a rewarder. So most of those people, the encouragement they are getting is from the devil, not from God. Because if you steal, not you. If someone steals, okay, and it's duping people, just like most of us know, a lot of people that have, you know, done a lot of scams recently have been acknowledged as major. Some of them were brought out in front of churches and celebrated as the highest donors for three years. And the person is a scam. Which kind of God will be blessing him? It can be God blessing him because God doesn't bless, you know, robbery. Praise the Lord. So, but these things can happen when the relationship is not intimate. Praise the Lord. They can happen when it's a scientific process. And because the devil is on the scene, he's going to come in. He wants the man to continue to steal. He wants the man to continue to be a wrong example. Because once you present such a person as an, as an example, people will copy what he's doing. And because these things are spiritual, it's going to affect people. So families will suffer. A lot of people will be discouraged. Hard-working people in church who are giving, the devil is hindering them. They're seeing that. They're wondering what is going on. So there'll be all manner of confusion simply because neither the uh, man encouraging nor the people giving have a relationship. If you have a relationship, Jesus will tell you this one is not impressing me. We heard the testimony at that, Dr. Connors or Shed. How many of us heard? Where they, they were giving offering, they were giving offering, and I, I think he said either he I can't remember in details, but he, he put his hand in the pocket and brought out a note, you know, that was bigger than what he wanted to give. Okay, that he planned to give. And I think I don't know whether out of shame or something, or it was when he dropped it, he knew. And then he dropped it and the thing went, and the spirit of God said to him, You know, he didn't give twenty thousand. What you gave is one thousand. Because even though it's 20,000 that entered into the basket, if you had your way, you would draw the 19,000 back. <laughs> okay, so that's relationship. But if he didn't have a relationship, he will actually might go and share a testimony. Do you understand? So that, that's why you, you, we have to get it. It's an intimate not a peripheral, not, you know, something on the surface that we're just moving around. You know, they're chasing us, they're chasing us, we're going, we're going. All of those things are, are, are the things that come with religion. But this one is relationship, praise the Lord. No matter what happens around you, it is what happens in you, praise the Lord. The other thing he says is relationship. What is a relationship? What is a relationship? What is the critical thing in a relationship? Trust, yes. Communication, yes. We're getting close. Sorry? Time. Okay, all of that. We're, we're in the Valentine season. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. But when I say relationship, immediately it means there is a connection. Listen. If, 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 uh, if, if, you're, if, if you live here now and just get on the street, you know, by the junction, and somebody on the road says, you're a stupid man. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, man. Will you pack and talk to him? Okay. But you get on the road and you're driving and um, one of the sisters say, say, you're a stupid man. And you look and there's someone, you know, what will you do? 
Yo, pas qu'à ça. Qui l'ange? Eh? Isn't it? What happened? You know what? What the person said, who you do not have a relationship with, doesn't touch you. Because there is no connection. Praise the Lord. But the pe- once there is a connection, anything the person does touches you. So when we say Christianity is an intimate relationship with Jesus, it means that whatever Jesus does, does what? Touches us. And whatever we do, we should expect it also to do what? To touch him. That's relationship. Relationship is there is a connection. So when somebody says, I can do anything I like and still worship Jesus, there is no connection. Because even after service now, okay, there are some persons that after service, the, the, the tradition is that you and her will greet and hug. If after the service, the person greets you and doesn't hug you, you say there's something wrong. Because in that relationship, there's a way you have been connected that if anything goes out of place, you sense something. Now, for a Christian to say he, you know, he, he's, he's, I mean, I'm, I'm getting to some areas now. To say he's doing something wrong and, you know, grace is just covering him. He's not connected. Are you with me? The person is very far from Jesus. Peter the apostle, when, when he denied Jesus, okay? When, when he denied, not, not, he, let me not say he denied Jesus. When he denied knowing Jesus, okay? What broke his heart was that the Bible said, as he said it that third time, and the cock crowed, he lifted up his eyes, and he saw the eyes of Jesus. And when their eyes met, he broke down. All the while he was denying, he was seeing soldiers' eyes. He was looking at them like this. I don't know him. I don't know him. What are you talking about? I don't know him. But when... <laughs> Praise the Lord. When his eyes met the eyes of the one he loved... He broke down. No sermon. That someone is living a life of disobedience and is continuing boldly. He doesn't know Jesus. Leave anything they tell you. He doesn't know him. Praise the Lord. The person needs to meet him. Person needs to meet him. You know, you're you're just living life, doing everything, and you come into the presence. You even sing. You jump and dance. No, there is, there, something is wrong. Because relationship means we're connected. If you're happy, I know I'm happy. If you're sad, I know I wonder what went wrong. But if there's no relationship, I don't care. Are you happy or sad? I don't care. I don't care. So, so, so th- th- this is what it is in this relationship. It's a connection significant enough that the actions or inactions of one party must have a corresponding effect on the other. And, and this is where it's from here now that you can begin to see what the Apostle Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord. And, and again, I say what? Rejoice. Why? Because Paul is in prison, but Jesus is reigning victoriously. So Paul is not weighing down, he's not weighed down or weighing himself down with his prison status. He's lifting himself up with the exalted status of his master. Are you getting it now? 
So these are the things that help us. So it says, even when I'm weak, I'm strong. So where we concluded on Sunday that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Lord said we should look at it this way. I can do all things because I'm in relationship with Christ. Praise the Lord. Another place, the Bible says, we are more than conquerors through him that what? Loved us. Relationship. There is a connection. Christians are connected. Praise the Lord. The Christian is what? Connected. And that's why, you know, you, you may go through some situations and the circumstances won't make sense, but there'll be a connection. So the Bible says Joseph was in the house of his master Potiphar and what was happening? God was with him, but he was not delivered. Joseph was put in prison. And what happened? The relationship was still there, but the circumstances didn't change. But if we're not careful, we make Christianity circumstantial. So if there is no deliverance, that's why people can now go to occult for power. Because the proof of your Christianity is by your circumstances. No, the proof of your Christianity is by the relationship. Which will not always be proved by the things around you. But can always be proved by the peace in you. So the Bible says, Christ in us, always the hope of glory. It means that now I may not see glory, but Christ is in me. I'm assured I'll see glory tomorrow. That's what Christianity is. We are in. He loves me. Praise the Lord. Ladies, let me see your hand. How many of us ladies have been fallen in love with a broke guy before? You know the way you, you manage him? Eh? <laughs> Other people are driving cars with their, their cruising past you with cars. Yeah, your broke guy is just moving. You just love, all you know is that, you know, Jimmy loves me. <laughs> Dust on you, you say, Jimmy loves me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> mm, mm. John 15. John 15 from verse 4. It says, abide in me, and I will do what? As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you do what? Abide in me. This is it. He goes on and says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you'll be my disciples. The, the, living, the, living, um, the living version, sorry, is it message version? Okay, message, message please. Can you give us a message from verse 4? I think it captures what we're trying to learn. Let's read together, everybody. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. Look at five. Very interesting. No? It says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. It says, when you are joined with me and I with you, the relation, what? Intimate and organic. 
Wait, wait. Intimate and what? Organic. What does organic mean? Can anybody help me? What organic means? It's, it flows. Do you understand? It flows. It's not regulated. At what time do nutrients go from the vine to the branches? Is it morning, afternoon, or night? Is it every three hours? That's why the Bible can say, pray without season. Do you understand? So, you don't have to ring a bell. Bagam, bagam, it's time for prayer. Then everybody will kneel down. After five minutes, everybody forgets that there is a God. Everybody becomes, this person goes to Moscow. This person goes, everybody scat. Then another time, bagam, bagam, everybody kneels down. Religiosity. But when you know that in this environment, Jesus is Lord. Whether you kneel down or stand up, whether you're jumping up or you're lying down, Jesus is Lord. That's organic. So in that environment, they slap you. You respond organically. But after you have done bagam bagam, when you get up, when they snap you, you put hand in the back and whine it. <laughs> Intimate and what? Organic. So there's a flow. There's a flow. That, that's, what, that, that's what it's saying to us. There's a flow. Okay? So, another thing we mentioned on Sunday that I'd just like us to deal with, you know, briefly before we move on. It, it, it's about the connection, you know, to this other part. We said Christianity is not um, keeping, you know, habits and all of that or commandments and all of that. And please, what I'm trying to say is this. God... Being God, who made us in his image, does not compel everybody anywhere to be his friends by force or to be his followers. The Bible has said God so loved the world and what? Gave his only begotten son and then he captured the whole world to be saved. Is that what he did? No. He says that whosoever what? Believes. And this, this is the area we need to understand. And that, thank God, the church is an open place. So when you see people who enforce and try to force things, they, they, they may be coming from a good heart, okay, good intention, but it doesn't capture it because one of the things God will never take away from you is your right to choose. Praise the Lord. So it says that whosoever what believes, but that word believe is very powerful. Let me give you an illustration now. Or I don't even have an illustration. I just said that. But if you believe something, man, eh, that belief you have must show in your actions. You, I, I can't believe something and it won't change me. Praise the Lord. You see, I believe. That, that's why the, the, we've said here, yeah, the Bible has a lot of words that they use interchangeably. Believing and obeying, you know, is the same thing. Believing and receiving is the same thing. Okay? How many of us have rejected gifts before? Ladies, you've rejected. I don't know about men. Most men haven't rejected anything. But ladies, you rejected gift. Why did you reject the gift? I don't want tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, you now come and say, I gave you this. And take, take. <laughs> What we're also saying is, please, young ladies, don't take gift of somebody that you're not ready to take. Because once the gift enters, the person is following the gift to come. It's not trader money. Even trader money, they're following it for something. 
Praise the Lord. Receive, believe, obey, accept, trust. They all mean the same thing. That's why we're told in John, John 1 from 11. Okay, we can put that on the screen. We'll, we'll come back to this, you know. John 1 from 11. He said he came to his own and his own what? Did not receive him. Do you know why they didn't receive him? Because if they receive him, he will displace them from where they want to be. So they measured it. The Pharisees, what was their testimony? Say, all men are following him. But you see, they had their own cloud. They didn't want to submit to him. Nicodemus said, we know that you're a teacher sent from God. They knew, but receiving him, accepting him, believing him, would imply obeying him. Brethren, that's why scientists are trying to still prove that this word came out from a bank. Because the moment they admit that God created the world, they have to obey that God. Are you with me? So it says, as many, now go to 12. It says, as many as received him, what happened? He gave them the right. He gave them the power. Receiving gives you power. But it displaces you from your preferred position. Are you with me? So the, the, the whole of the thing is Jesus or God says, I throw you an offer. Even the children of Israel. He will say to them, I'm calling you out now as a special nation. Before God gave any commandment to Israel, he had brought them out. Notice, when, go and read the story of the account. When they were in Egypt, he didn't tell them circumcision. He didn't tell them anything. His matter was just to bring them out. When he brought them out, he now told them, you know now, you're a special nation to me. Praise the Lord. Now, it's like, I can't, I can't stand there. Some people can't, you know, there are some people that have boldness. I can't stand there and command everybody here now, prepare me okra soup after service. Did I marry you? Do you understand? Did I get, do you understand? Okay. The same way God says, I will marry you first. If you agree to my condition, then once you agree, ha, I will now tell you the terms. That's why it says, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. If you don't love me, you're free. There is a place for those who don't love me. And when they are going there, there won't be any problem. They won't say, ah, what happened? Praise the Lord. So Christianity, for me to be a Christian, I have considered the offer. I've looked at it and said, I'm a sinner. Praise the Lord. I've said, God, the creator of this world, made an offer for me. Nothing compares to that. I surrender my life. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who, who, who found um, a, a, a field, a treasure in a field. And for joy for it, what did he do? He sold all and bought that field. So the Christian is somebody who has found the beauty, the majesty, the, the gift of God and all of that and thrown everything away and come. When you now come, he begins to tell you this is how you behave. So when I come as a Christian and he tells me do this or don't do that, if I call it legalism, I never started. Praise the Lord. The, I, I don't understand what is going on. That I come in and I want to do as I like. Means I also don't know what is going on. Because he has told me, the basis I'm saying this is that you love me. So for me to hear, call it commandments, call it instructions, call it um, 
whatever it is, is because you love me. For the young people amongst us now, you might be in the world and the world say, this is what they do. This is how they do. Oh, tell them, oh, oh, that's interesting. As a Christian, this is how we do. It's as simple as that. There's no need for argument. I don't know if someone is getting the point I'm making. There's no, we are different. I'm in a relationship with Jesus. I've, I've, I've covenanted. I'm in a covenant. Okay? So if you read the Bible, that, that continues to be the basis. But when we remove that, we think that God is pursuing me to force me to do something. No. <laughs> Excuse me. He, he has gifted us with the greatest gift of all. And then if our eyes are open, the Bible says there are some of us, you know, some people in the world whose minds the, the, the God of this age had blinded. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ will shine on them. So this light has, you know, we have been privileged to have this light shine on us. And once that light shines, we see life. And now for that life, the true Christian is ready to be beside himself. He's ready for whatever thing, just to embrace that life. So the Apostle Paul says, I keep pressing. I forget whatever is behind. I keep pressing. I'm pressing on that I may reach the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. He has seen something. The true Christian is not saying, this thing is becoming too much. This thing is becoming too much. What is becoming too much? I want to lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. Is someone getting what we are talking about? So, so get it now that everything he's saying is based on the commitment you've made or the agreement to the offer. So, uh, uh, but pastor, wh- wh- why, can't, why can't I, why can't I, why can't I, what are the things they say, why can't I? Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Give me an illustration. Why can't I marry an unbeliever? Thank you. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. So, so you want to marry an unbeliever. God says, I won't be attending the meeting of in-laws though, because light and darkness cannot dwell together. Eh? So if you marry an unbeliever, just know that in that home, it is who that is going to be the chief-in-law. The father-in-law is going to be, I won't be coming. Praise the Lord. It's as simple as I say, you're going to create problems. You're my son, but if, or you're my daughter, but if as my son or daughter, you now go and get, and my principles are clear, if the two join, they become one. The choice is yours. So he gives that, he's not forcing you. He's just saying, if you love me, if you're my own, this is what is good for you. Now, the Bible says the commandments of God are not burdensome. Okay? What do they do? Like we started, or we mentioned on some. These are things that are to help the intimacy of the relationship. They are to bring you into the best that it has for the relationship. You know, thank you, our time is gone. I'll try and round, round up. You know the scripture that says... Um, God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can be. How many of us know the scripture? You know, yeah. Offhand and we quote it. God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. Okay. He says, but with every temptation, he will do what? Make a way of escape. Let me let us know what that way of escape is tonight. The way of escape God will make or God makes for the Christians is the way of obedience to his commandments. Anytime a Christian is in a situation, the secret 
You know, my wife told me that the way sometimes their dad used to call them is whistle. So you wouldn't know. If you're a visitor in the house, you wouldn't know what the man is saying. You'd just be confused. The, the secret code that God uses to deliver his children from troubles is his commandments. Life can be complicated. I'm sure you know that. Okay. So let's take, thank you for the illustration. You said, don't marry an unbeliever. Okay. Let's take a situation, a young lady, a young man, and you know, you're getting in. And God reveals to you that this brother is not truly born again. What he has done at that time is to bring your sensitivity to that word that says what? Do not be unequally yoked. But you know what most believers will say? We will convert him. Now, after when you enter into that temptation and they have converted you to punching bag. Hmm? When somebody says God will not allow you to be tempted, you'll be saying, uh, but uh, this thing I'm in. No, this thing you're in, they showed you the way of escape. You locked the door. You say, I'm not going to go through this door. The, the, the Bible talks about um, contentment. Contentment is a way of escape. You know, as a young man, as a young my dad told me that anybody that they can do 4192 is a greedy person. Is it for, for them to succeed in doing so you want to bring five thousand and make five million? Eh? He said the love of money is what? Is a root of all evil. He said many, many having gone after it have been pierced through with many sorrows. So the, the, if you take the word of God, you will escape troubles. Trials will come, but you escape. He said, do not strive. He said, the, the man of God must not strive. You know, you know, there are some matters that you feel justified. You want to push this to the very end. But God knows that the person you're dealing with is ready to die, kill you even before you get judgment in heaven. But it's not your time to die. God says, leave this matter. He says, ah, no, they cheated me. I have my right. God says, huh. they bring you the scripture that says, if you're going to the uh, judge with your neighbor, you should do what? Reconcile with him on the world. You see, he will tell you something. That is in line with his word. That may cost you. But is intended to deliver you. Is someone hearing? You're strong. He say, leave it for the person. And you say, but why? God delivers us out of trials. The way of escape comes with his word. That word he's bringing. The unbeliever will never listen to it. It won't even make sense. The Bible says the spirit, to the spiritual person, or rather to the carnal person, it says it is foolishness. But to you, it is the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. As you follow it, you follow it. Much later, you will now see the plan of God. You know, I can't, I can't cease but refer to Joseph over and over. The story of Joseph, the average person in the world thinks is favor. It's not favor, it's direction. Do you understand? If God had wanted Joseph, or rather God planned it that Joseph will meet with Pharaoh through Pharaoh's servants, isn't it? How, where would they meet? Potiphar was Pharaoh's servant. Okay? 
Joseph was locked in Pharaoh's house, serving him. Okay? Potiphar's house, sorry. Serving him. If he became commander-in-chief of uh, Potiphar's house, he still would not meet the people that he needed to meet. The only Hilton Hall, you know that's where people meet. The only, the only place they could set up that meeting was in prison. Now, if Joseph could not hold his waist, eh? He's in heaven when they're telling us stories. That they say there was a man, Joseph. He was the one they were to use. But when this thing happened, he couldn't hold himself. See him there. He's still lamenting. When the thing came up, heaven said, this boy will be wrongly accused. And I know that Potiphar will send him to prison. And then God sent the dream to Pharaoh. You know, orchestrated it. And then when they got to the prison, direction again. He said, now you're here. Don't carry that gloomy face. Christians, let me tell you something. Hmm? The God we're dealing with is not a man. Eh? There are some attitudes you carry. It will help you with men. It won't help you with God. Eh? The attitude of their finish me. You don't know what I'm going through. God knows what you're going through. He say in every temptation you're going through, Jesus has been tempted with it. So he can't harass heaven. Brother, what I'm going through. Jesus will say, I went through. Even you, you're sinning in your own. Me, I went through without sin. Tempted in all points are what? Without sin. So you, you can't. It, they told Joseph, this one now, you can't. So Joseph that was wrongly, falsely accused, will wake up in prison. Every morning, I'm be encouraging everybody. Hello, hey, what a beautiful day. It's going to be all right. You know, how are you? How was, did you sleep well? You know, are you okay? That's what they kept doing. Until one day, he hit the jackpot. And still after then, he still needed two years of patience. And you tell me his favor. Oh, your favor. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Direction. Praise the Lord. The principles of the Christian. The Christian life, direction, dedication, and you know, our time is gone. In Potiphar's house, if Joseph was not sweeping well, Potiphar's wife would notice him. Sloppy work does not advertise anybody. If he swept well and was smelling, Potiphar's wife would not notice. So even that plan won't even work. So the man was just excelling everywhere. Do you understand? Let's write on a piece. Someone is laughing and making me laugh. Uh, it's not a laughing matter, is it? Ah. I, 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 want, I want to get closer. Lord, take me deeper. Take me deeper in this relationship. Take me deeper. Take me deeper. You know, take me deeper. With, with the little time we have, just quickly. And, and look, uh, can you put Genesis 5? Genesis 5. The Bible says, okay, sorry, Genesis 5.21. Genesis 5.21. So we take this and pray. Look at what we have on the screen. Give me from 21 to 24 if it's possible. They said, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. 24 says, 
Enoch walked with God and he was not for what? God took him. Can you give us the living Bible of that translation? You see, if you read that whole Genesis 5, all the people were living and dying. Living and dying. But when they came to Enoch, Enoch lived for 65 years. But after he begot Methuselah, they didn't say he was living again. You know what they say? He was walking with God. Let's see what the, the, the way the living Bible tells us. It says now, Enoch was 65 years old when his son was born. He said, afterwards, what happened? He lived another 300 years in what? Fellowship. So the other one, he was just living. And that was what the men of their time had. They were living. But at the time, give us 24, please. 24. Verse 24. Oh, it's not there. Okay, yeah, I think this is where I'm going to. Yes. It says, when he was 365, and in constant, that's what I was looking for, and in constant touch with God, he disappeared. I want you to pray for yourself. In 2022, constant. Whether I'm in church, whether I'm at work, whether I'm facing a problem. You see, for those of us who work in offices, are businessmen, inspiration, intuition. God will tell you, turn right. God will tell you, invest in that. God will tell you, don't touch that business. In constant touch with God. It keeps you at a level. It keeps you at a level. Lord, help me. I know I am a churchgoer. But beyond being a churchgoer, I want to be in constant touch. Every hour. Every moment of the day. I want to be in constant touch. Help me, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Come into my life like never before. Let's take this relationship higher. Let's take it deeper. Spirit of the living God, I yield to you. Alter me. Rearrange me. Change me. Take me over. Take me over. Take me over. Take me over, Lord. Take me over. Take me over. Take me over, Jesus. You are the vine. I'm the branch. Let it flow, Lord. Let everywhere I turn mean something. Let me hear what you're saying. Let my heart beat after you, Lord. Jesus. Bring me in, oh Lord. Bring me closer. Yes, we can take the song, please. Yes, Lord. You have been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center off Bannock's Guarampa Expressway near next Cash and Carry Abuja. 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 070-31-588-404. You can also find us online on our website 
www.thefatherschurchonline.org Facebook facebook.com slash thefatherschurch our twitter handle at tfatherschurch also on instagram thefatherschurch God bless you.